Hey everybody, welcome to today's podcast of Let's Talk, where we're already like a good 50 minutes behind when we would usually start, because that's just what happens when we get together, and I've just discovered... And this time it's not Benny's fault. That's true, it's not <laughs> Betty's fault. Betty isn't here today, neither is Casey or Alex, it's just me, Philip, and Orion. Uh... So we've been having interesting conversations while waiting for pizza and Orion fixing things, and yeah, been a good time. As I watch them on their webcams, and I don't have the camera turned on, so, you know, good times. <laughs> so, well, how about this? You buy me a webcam, and I will always be a part of the webcam squad. Hey, drop let me that. I got it. Oh my gosh. No, no, no. No, Benny's already has claim in it, so. Well, he should come and get it. Well, he only just got his temps, so it'll probably be a while. I'm sure. So, on today's podcast, <laughs> we are discussing the topic of artificial intelligence. And, uh, well, for some of us, we have experience in artificial intelligence. Um, I mean, we all experience AI on a daily basis at this point. So, most people just don't that's true, but artificial intelligence, if you really think about it, has very much so become a part of our everyday living. Mm. Uh, and a lot of people don't realize that. Like, I was asking people at work the other day about, uh, you know, what they thought artificial intelligence was. And almost nine times out of town, people would describe artificial intelligence as being... Uh, how television portrays it or how films portray it where you know you have stuff like I am robot or mm -hmm. uh, Wally and, you know and stuff like that and it's like yes that is technically a form of artificial intelligence but don't you realize that literally you're holding or wearing a piece of artificial intelligence right now and they just kind of stare at me funny and goofy and then the conversation doesn't really go anywhere because they think I'm just crazy which I mean is probably true to some extent but it's like artificial intelligence is already like here more than we uh, acknowledge it to be. Now, but I'm kind of curious. What do you guys see like artificial intelligence as being? Well, I just so happen to have the official definition of artificial intelligence. So, well, maybe we should let Philip go first. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> what? I got pizza in my mouth. Oh, Philip. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, let me put hot Cheetos in my mouth so you get a chance to talk first. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Cool. Um. Yeah, I mean, I like AI. It's cool. I like it in video games. Like Alien Isolation. AI of the Xenomorph. Fantastic. We'll need a new pair of pants every single time I play that game. <laughs> Very good. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I don't. I, I don't have a, a like a lot of like, words about AI. 
I just know that it will never, ever, 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 ever be like the movies slash TV shows that you see. It'll never yeah. gain a sentience. Yes. We might we might be able to pretend or fake it really mm. good, but it'll never. It won't do it. It'll on, never so. think on itself like a human does. Like it won't mm. know. All right, this is good. This is bad. Won't yeah. feel regret. No regrets. Yeah. Sega's like Sega's human like AI can be designed to replicate human emotions and such, but they truly don't actually have any emotions and such. They're just being told, hey, act like this, this gets the appearance of this. It does they don't actually have those feelings. Especially yeah. nowadays with like if you're going to make a robot, you have to think of like its main thing. Like, mm -hmm. it, well, we don't have, like, the technology to make it do a lot of stuff like humans do. Like, if we need, all right, a robot that lifts heavy objects, that's the only thing that that robot's going to do. Yeah. Or, like, hey, we need a, a robot because we suck sexually and we need a sexualized robot to make one for that. <laughs> and that's the only thing that's going to do. Like, yeah. I hope, I hope we get to the point where it's like, dude. Having a robot, like a maid or something, that'd be dope. <laughs> <laughs> like the, the whatever, right. the whatever man from uh, that Robin Williams movie. I don't think I've seen that movie. I don't think good I have either. Almost oh, forget Williams, the name. So it's gotta be good. Oh my gosh, I got pizza stuck on my chest. Oh, <laughs> oh no! Don't die! Don't die, it's Philip. I say I kind of agree with you guys when it comes to the idea that artificial intelligence like it'll never know what emotions are like we can tell it what emotions are but we it'll never actually feel emotions i don't think we'll ever necessarily reach a true like android type state when it comes to artificial intelligence but i do think it is possible and, and we, part of the reason why I say it is possible is because it's already happening to some extent. I think it is possible to get Android, or not Androids, but artificial intelligence to a point where it can um, more or less take care of itself because it's capable of being educated by mm -hmm. what we program it to. So because really when it comes Machine down learning. to... Right. Self-learning AI isn't like, like, you don't need a soul to be self-learning. Right. Like, yeah. I say if you teach the AI to be able to comprehend what's going on around it, like being able to take the audio and understand that audio or take the text and understand the text, being able to educate itself based off of what it can see or hear, what you basically you're the one that creates the limits for the AI and what it can do. Um, I think it's in some extent there is the whole idea that it will be able to take care of itself which i don't know i mean maybe maybe not in our lifetime but i, I could see that being a possibility i like i said i just think i agree with you guys that it'll never have emotions it may be able to fake emotions but it'll never oh, yeah. have true emotions like i don't think we're gonna have a whole i am robot type of situation where the mm. robots get really you know ticked off at all the humans and decide they want to murder everyone and well, all the, the robots thing... look like really crappy CGI. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, but, but, like, technically the scenario of, like, iRobot is not entirely out of the question. Because the, Especially the, what... the part... I So, you know, in the beginning of the movie, 
when uh, Will Smith's character is like, save the girl, save the girl. Like the, yeah. she's like about to drown, and then she drowns. Mm -hmm. Like like trying to get the robot to like change, like don't save me, even though your program top priority, save the other person. That mm -hmm. th those are like the sort of like issues I can see happening. Like we can yeah. probably fix it, but like I can definitely like that's I think that's some like realm of realism for when it comes to AI. Like when you program them to like do something, like they're going to do it to the T. <laughs> like they're yeah. not gonna like move around like oh well if this happens then maybe kind of skip over that. Like no, mm -hmm. it's gonna do what you tell it to do. Yeah, right. no. yeah, it's not going to see those variables unless you program it to see and comprehend those variables. Yeah, but no, like, like, like the overall plot of like iRobot and such was that the main AI was trying to save everyone by essentially shutting them away in their boxes where they couldn't get hurt, which is theoretically not out of the question with AI because there's really there's only two ways that AI can truly be dangerous. Um, one is that the AI is programmed to do something devastating. So if we take a look at something like military drones, those are unmanned aircraft that are designed to operate on their own. Those are programmed with the intent to kill. They're th those are programmed to do it on their own, and it's a bad intent that we have given it. The only other way that things can happen, which is kind of like the case of I, well, that story of iRobot, is that the AI is programmed to do something good, but it ends up developing a destructive method of going about doing it. For example, um, what I used for my presentations and such was we program an AI to reduce the percentage of homeless of the homeless population. And it's fine. All it wants to do is make the percentage amount of people who are homeless go to zero. But well, the fastest way to do that is to slaughter all the homeless people. That percentage of people who are homeless is going to go down so it's technically accomplishing its goal but it's not exactly doing it the way we want it to wouldn't it need to like like i don't know if that would like i, don't know. I mean i guess yeah i'd say this is like this is just like basic idea not super detailed stuff like there's plenty of ways you could add like the laws of robotics or whatever to it that could restrict it to help prevent it from doing stuff like that but if we essentially, if we give an AI just one simple task, make this number hit zero, it's gonna find the fastest way to do that that it can. The more it does it, the faster it's gonna get at it. If we give it no rules or restrictions, it's gonna do whatever it can to make that number hit zero, no matter what. We have to be able to know about these things to catch them before they start causing problems, which is the, where a lot of the danger of AI comes in, is that we have to be smart enough to prevent these things before they happen because we are making these mistakes. AI is not suddenly deciding, oh, I want to slaughter humanity because I want to. It's like, I need to make this number hit zero, so if I do this, this number goes down. Sweet, let's do this. It doesn't a, see life. There's a third way, too. Hacking. That it's is like, still AI programmed to do something bad because that's a human interacting with it to cause it to happen. Right, but that's still... I can see that being, like, a high, like, mm -hmm. thing, a high problem top issue because we can't even stop people from hacking video games yeah we're gonna stop people <laughs> from hacking ai robots uh, honestly i think the biggest danger of ai would it being coming into forms of military that militaries are just like well we need to find a faster way to murder people so we're going to develop these autonomous systems to do it and i think that's where the biggest danger of ai would be because we'd be having mass production of 
systems that were designed to kill people, and I think that would cause more danger than anything else with AI-related. I think it's more likely that if we were to have an AI disaster, it would be intentional, not accidental. With to how, like, primitive our robotics is compared to, like, the unrealisticness of yeah. movies, wouldn't it be easy to have a kill switch? Like just Theoretically, yeah. Boom. Now you're done. Everything's everything's gone. To some extent. Um, that depends on how they would be made. And you know, you know, we keep swaying back to the topic of robotics, specifically when we talk about artificial intelligence. But yeah. we also have the idea of like literally our entire internet system is built off of AI. Everything runs off of these servers that are literally programmed to process mm -hmm. information and respond based off the information that they receive. Um, and so like, and that's another thing is you, Orion, you brought up the whole, um, the AI is going to work, you know, to find the fastest way to get to zero. And the only mm -hmm. way it's not going to do it certain ways is if we program it not to, yeah. it's kind of in a lot of ways, how we ended up with stuff, um, such as viruses and, uh, bugs and glitches is because we would give the task to the computer to process and it would try to be able to complete the process the fastest possible because I think it's just natural that's like the natural thing is that it wants to complete that process that's what it's programmed to do follows the path of least resistance right and because we don't necessarily put in those variables that keeps it from going certain directions that's how you end up hey. with stuff like viruses and your glig glitches yeah. and bugs and stuff like that say say stuff like viruses are more intentional rather than accidental though i'm sure there somebody probably has accidentally made a virus before well i know reading but those... about the history of like the first virus or recorded virus it was completely unintentional that it happened it was someone trying yeah. to program something and mm -hmm. it was because of a mistake in the programming language that it caused a virus type reaction but then they yeah. saw this and they're like wait we can take advantage of this and we can use this with these other variables you know because a lot of viruses nowadays it's like mm -hmm. oh sometimes it's just for their pure amusement just to destroy your hardware other times it's um you know trying to hold your system hostage to get money out of you to unlock it you know lots of Ransom different variables work. now uh but you know they saw it they saw it and they could take advantage of it and that's where you know your viruses and everything really started to grow out of yep sir no i Finding think that all was these just exploits. a story i think that was just a story that that guy made up because he was looking at something he shouldn't they got a virus he's like oh crap uh no i was uh I was made. I was just fooling around with some. I was uh, I, I, I was just making this, and then boom, boom, it was like this, it was like that, dude. Why is the history cleared? The virus, the virus did that. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, I guess that's always a possibility. <laughs> we'll, we'll never know. Never know. Or will we? But, yeah, but no, I'm uh. So if we go like to like the true definition of artificial intelligence, it's not just listed as stuff that's designed to be like um uh, more like a sentient idea of AI, like you'd see depicted in movies and such. Man, it's just automatic, and isn't it? Pretty much. Uh, the official definition for AI is the theory and development that computer systems are able to perform tasks that normally require a human intelligence such as visual perception, speech recognition, decision-making, and translation between languages. These are normally things that require a conscious awareness of, I know what this is, and I can take this and do something with it. 
So like when we see something, all that is scientifically, it's those are light rays hitting our eyes. And our eyes are designed to accept those and translate them in a way our mind can read and understand them. But our mind is essentially the computer program that translate all of that. And that's a AI is essentially anything that can replicate that to a smaller scale and extent. Because we, we, can, we can't build a computer to work at the same capacity that the human brain can. It's far beyond our levels of technology. And so things that we could do stuff like replicating, like we could take a picture, the computer can look at the picture, all it sees is ones and zeros, but it can recognize the pattern out of it and create an image similar to how our eyes take these light rays and creates the image of it. And so stuff like that, anything like that is considered artificial intelligence. It's just like more, more commonly like TV and stuff. They like oh robots. It's like no, that's not that's not just artificial intelligence. There's a lot more to it than that. Did I ever mention that my brother took nerd to like a whole new level? Like I used to be the one that was a total nerd in my family, and then Orion became like the master nerd. <laughs> we, we've got Orion who's the master nerd. We've got Connor who's very intelligent. He just you know, he's just lazy. Doesn't use it. <laughs> Uh, and then you got me where it's like I'm kind of like that balance in between where I'm not like super intelligent but I'm also not like a super nerd but yet I understand enough of it and I can comprehend it just not as a like main not as fast as uh, my brother's can now I've just put a lot of time into it that's true that's another thing we didn't mention at the beginning of this is Orion's actually done presentations on artificial intelligence for school assignments because well he's a nerd and went to school for computer science so say <laughs> yeah. so, i've done a 20 minute presentation and a 50 minute presentation so it's funny because you guys can't see it obviously because this is a podcast but we're actually seeing slides from his presentation as he kind of explains different things about uh artificial intelligence which is cool it's it's nice to have like those references to everything as he's going into it but that's why orion's uh talking a lot is he has experience in researching this area yeah i've spent a lot of time into it really what makes like artificial intelligence its thing is all on machine learning and machine learning is pretty much the only thing i talked about during my 50 minute presentation all the other little details and such i pretty much covered in the 20 minute presentation the 50 minute presentation i did pretty much nothing but talk about machine learning because it's such a detailed level i barely scratched the surface of this presentation and i there's still so much i don't know about it because it goes so in depth right well you know and i think we've gotten kind of the idea of what artificial intelligence is we've gotten a definition of it what it kind of looks like and everything um yeah that being said what you know now that you kind of have that definition what are things in your life that you would say definitely uh, have a huge contribution from artificial intelligence. I mean, we all have smartphones, so obviously that's very AI-based because literally that's what smartphones were made for. Um, Say, almost every computer nowadays uses it just at basic hardware levels to define information inside the computer to maintain full functionality. Stuff like your phone assistants, like Siri, Alexa, and such, all are a form of higher artificial intelligence than most you find in most systems. Um, the entire internet itself a lot of in a lot of ways with all that networking is actually also an artificial intelligence because it tries to find the fastest way to get you to your destination so imagine like you have a spider web in front of you and in the bottom left corner that's where you're starting and a solid line between one point of connection to another are those lines where those intersections for the webs happen there's not necessarily going to always be a line there where there was before it might break there might be a new web strong and your AI has to essentially remember, it's like a map it's following. 
and it has to make the decision. How min how little amount of strings can it cross to reach whatever destination it's trying to reach? And so it's actively making that decision. And sometimes it doesn't know where it's going. And so it has to go out and actually ask other routers and such going, hey, have you heard of this location? And the other router can go, I don't know where this is. Or it can go, hey, I know a guy who knows a guy who knows where this is. So I'm going to send you along this path to get to it. And so all these different routers and such all are constantly talking to each other just to make my voice reach you through Discord. It's just constantly just running around going, hey, I know where this thing is. Follow this path here, you'll get there. It's like it's like stopping outside of the road and asking a guy, hey, how do you get to the store in the next town over? Aiken's going to give you directions there, just going to help guide you there. And so those routers are like constantly talking to each other for that. And so that's just a huge level of AI there. That's is what makes our internet computing as fast as it is today. Right. Yeah, definitely. And you know, it's it, it's interesting how we gotten that far because there was a time where literally all you got out of a computer was your ones and zeros. Like that that was your computing. And so humans had to understand what all the patterns of ones and zeros were just as much as the computer did. Mm-hmm. So yeah, one of the people I it was actually a customer had come up to me at work and we were just randomly talking computer stuff because he used to work with like a lot of older computers like straight up. He had a computer that was a 16 bit computer where he had to manually set every single bit on that computer to either be a one or a zero to have it process through stuff. He used to do that for a living for a long time before computing expanded. Yikes. Back in it's like it was day. <laughs> and the thing is the guy's kind of whacked so I never really thought much about him before and then one point he had learned my name and it turns out he really likes like um astrology and such and so he's like wow you know it's kind of fascinating and stuff and we got talking and it turns out he also was a computer nerd for his time and so he knows all this different like old computer stuff that's like the base level of everything that's expanded to today's technology so it's actually very fascinating talking to him even though he is a little crazy oh you know all the little crazies i'm yeah. gonna be crazy when i'm an old part you're Great. already crazy <laughs> I'm gonna be the one that makes up like a bunch of stories and you never like I may may throw one true story in there but you'll never know which one was the true one. <laughs> so um, basically you're gonna play two truths and a lie for the rest of your life. Yep. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, well, we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna take a brief break here. Uh, but when we come back, I think it'd be cool if we discussed the topic of uh, you know, still referring to artificial intelligence, but how there's, for a lot of people, a security concern with artificial intelligence. Um, and we're going to take a look at that. So we will be right back. You're Santa. I am. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. Uh, so I, uh, yeah, we've been having an interesting conversation about artificial intelligence. I also realized part of the issue with why my mic was picking up the obnoxious uh, buzz noise that it was noise buzz noises that it was so i got that fixed um the mic was sitting uh, right next to one of the speakers and so it was causing feedback uh yeah that doesn't help nope so it should be nice and clear and crisp now noise noise uh so noise. the uh, the the topic uh you know it's been artificial intelligence we want to talk a little bit about the security concerns when it comes to artificial intelligence because you have look you know, a couple levels of concerns. You have the dramatic concerns where everyone just, you know, focuses on how television perceives artificial intelligence being, which we've discussed. 
uh, and the security concerns with that, you know, of it developing its own personality. It wants to take over the world or it's from the future and it's come back to kill your child because your child's the one that's chosen to save the world from them. <laughs> like, yeah. there's, there's been plenty of... That should of, be a movie. You're right, dude. It should. You know what? Let, let's write it. We'll call it should it. be not only that. It should be like eight movies, with the first two being good and the rest of them being trash. That would that just be fantastic. <laughs> you know, and then what we'll do is we'll make like a little TV series to go along with it, and the TV series will be good. But unfortunately, it'll have one of those actresses in it that it doesn't matter what TV show she's been in, the show's always suddenly gotten randomly canceled, even though she's a really good actress. You know, they might get tired of the movies. We should bring back the original people in the last movie. Oh, there you go. Just to have a familiar face. That'd be cool. A couple familiar faces, you know. (laughs) They're not really doing much with their careers anymore, so they'll give them the chance to kind of restart and be rejuvenated in their their opportunities. Yeah, Let's pitch it to Disney. <laughs> well, you know, at some point, Disney's already like coming close to owning most of the film industry, anyway. So that's a whole other topic, though. Pretty soon, the president's going to be the one in charge of Disney. Like, <laughs> Disney's going to own so much of everything. It's basically going to just the whole world. Just Disney. We're all Disney. We're all little Disney. Disney will become the next Nazi oh. regime. <laughs> the year is twenty one thirty three. Disney owns everything. You are legally required to wear Mickey Mouse ears when you go outside, or you will be fined and jailed up to 15 years. Joke said you. They're changing that law. You must now have your ears surgically modified to look like Mickey Mouse ears for forever. Oh my gosh, no. <laughs> Absolutely not. will be buried under a pile of ducks. Oh my God. Especially how weird the 2D effects of his ears whenever he turns his head it's different every single time <laughs> like no <laughs> I, I don't want to know how you do that for real life <laughs> your ears are just morphing constantly well now that we've gotten way off topic <laughs> uh so back to like the original references we're making if you don't get what we're referring to i'm sorry um you should do something about that um to be fair i have not seen any of those movies either <laughs> <laughs> Right, now, I know what you're talking about. today's episode to an end because uh, Orion... You, you know what, Travis? You can't even talk. Episode. Aren't you the one that hasn't watched anything? What? What do you mean I haven't watched anything? Who was I, ta- was I talking to you? Like, okay, like... I'm pretty sure it was you. It's pretty I much... Can't, I, think it I can't really me. come up with a movie on the spot. Like... No, no, I'm pretty much the one who hasn't watched anything. I say I will, Maybe there's somebody else. Like, I will admit, there is stuff I haven't seen, but as I have more free time, I try to watch it. was somebody more. else. Never mind. You're good, Travis. Wow. You you good. Be you that guy I'm sorry. I'm okay. sorry. I forgive you. Look, look at all these accusations. Now we know how everyone really feels about it. Was other. it 100% <laughs> on you? I was bringing it back, and then completely, and I threw it. It's all good. So getting yeah. back to the whole security concerns with AI, we have the dramatic uh, idea of the security concerns, like we said, the uh, whole robots taking over the world thing. Uh, but then we also have the, I think, more accurate security concerns. And it's not so much that it's the AI taking advantage of it as much as it's the people who have created the AI taking advantage of it. And you can yeah. see it being used on a regular basis. And it's that of the collecting of data, the collecting of information. Because, let's be honest, if you have a smartphone, you're 
data is being collected nonstop as long as you are around that smartphone. <laughs> because think about it, you can't do stuff like go, hey Siri, which I'm going to regret in a second here. Yep, no, I wasn't talking to you. Um, <laughs> and get it to activate unless it's it always consistently listening. Yes, and I actually had this conversation with a coworker. They're like, well, you know, it's not always listening. It's only listening when you turn it on. I'm like, oh, really? Can you go and say your phone's name and have it respond to you? Well, yeah. Okay, so how do you think that it knows that you're saying its name? And all of a sudden, they just had this sheer look of terror on their face, like, oh, my gosh, he's right. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, and honestly – Companies take advantage of that, not just the creator of the product, but you have stuff like marketing firms that collect that information. I can't tell you the amount of times that we have conversations about stuff over Discord, and next thing I know, that stuff's showing up in all of the ads on everything. Yep. Oh, I just had that happen earlier. Like, probably not even an hour. Um, When I was pulling up all my presentations and stuff, one of the things I have listed in my presentations is a handheld 3D scanner. And literally, as I was running the speed test to figure out what was wrong with my internet, I had an ad pop up for this exact hand scanner. Oh, geez. <laughs> yeah, so it's not so like, that's it, the thing. It's not just listening to you. It's also seeing everything that you're doing with it. Yeah, because I literally had just opened a PowerPoint on my computer that has a link to this hand scanner, and it starts showing me ads for it. So that shows you this kind of spyware that's constantly going on. And honestly, that's where a lot of that risk for a lot of that comes in. It's just all the different kinds of spyware and the fact that so many of these companies, nobody reads the terms and conditions. We have agreed to so many different things that allow them to sell all of our data. And so all of this stuff purely comes from people's lack of awareness that this is going on. People are very ignorant to the fact that all of this data is being sold and tossed around and stolen. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. Well, and that's why... That's the downside to how the legal lingo works for everything is because everything is – unless you have, like, been trained how to read law or stuff like that, it can be very difficult to read and understand stuff like your terms of agreement or code of conduct and everything. I have the benefit of going to school for law enforcement and partially being focused on law itself. So I can do that. Now, I'll be honest. I'm completely guilty. I don't read terms of service or anything. No, nobody does. Something that I tried once. About I got bored. Yeah. Like, honestly, I'm the saying, that's interesting the thing. terms of service or terms of use is Apple's because they add little comical things throughout it. <laughs> saying that's the thing is I want to say, isn't like Apple's like bigger terms of service things, aren't they like almost 800 pages long? Something like that. It was like reading a novel, except it's yeah. a really and- boring novel. Yeah, and so they like they put all like the stupid stuff that nobody cares about on the front so people are like oh this looks fine but then they're gonna put the serious like i'm taking all your data and selling this stuff they'll put it back on like page 750 something where you're never gonna read to and look at they're not gonna put it at the very end because they don't want you to just go to the end and see it they're gonna slap it somewhere in the middle of 800 pages that you can't possibly just sit and read through oh yeah well, and so they they're people, they're, the companies are very aware they're doing this. It's very intentional, and they're intentionally hiding it so that people aren't aware that it's there. Oh, yeah. I said, when it comes to just life in general, the only way you can truly escape the data collection is you have to do two very specific things. Number one, don't use technology of any kind at all because every piece of technology connect at, at this point every piece of technology is collecting data even now your like televisions are because you have smart TVs those smart TVs 
usually have audio commands. So they're not only seeing what you're choosing to view and look at on them, but they're also, again, hearing everything. Yeah. Yeah, so pretty much the other stuff, like your Amazon Echo and your Google Home and your Apple TV and all that. Yeah. Pretty much the only way you can get away with using modern computing technology without it being tracked is if you are completely isolated from the rest of the world, internet-wise, that makes the current technology what it is. You pretty much would like, I'd have to build a computer in the middle of the woods on its completely own separate network disconnected from everything else in the world. Yep. Even with that, are you really, like, off the grid completely? Or is there still some some little thing that you just can't run away from you would be off the grid because there would be no connections to it because like you wouldn't want to install something like a wi-fi card on your computer or anything because that could theoretically be tapped into Mm -hmm. and so then at that point if nothing was wired in nobody could get to your computer but at the same time your computer is practically useless because modern computing relies so much on access to the internet and other resources that you're not going to be able to do anything on that computer because it's disconnected from everything and so you would only be able to form very basic functions like Notepad and such on your computer just because you don't have access to other source resources unless you manually install it off of like a disk or something. Yep, so really it becomes pointless unless you want to play Solitaire or Minesweeper for the rest of your life. Unless you plan on playing single-player games for the rest of your life, disconnect from the entire world, there's not much use for it then. Well, you know, it's funny because I always hear people go, you know, oh, the only way you could actually, like, hurt the U.S. is if you knocked out the power grid system and everything. And I'm like, yes, that that would definitely knock out the U.S. and definitely uh, mess up everything because everything government structure-wise relies on internet and technology. Yes, it's encrypted. Yes, it's been protected, but it still relies on it. Mm, and it fire relies sale. on electricity. But honestly, skip all of that eliminate internet say so you disconnect people it will cause problems yeah you know and you know Ryan made a good point about that whole isolation not being connected to anything even to some extent though that wouldn't be enough because the moment you walk around any sort of modern civilization you're going to end up being caught in the data collection you walk into a grocery store there's cameras everywhere. There's microphones everywhere. All that information usually gets feeded to a security source of some sort, which that data is collected and pushed to somewhere else. The, honestly, the only way you could truly isolate yourself from data collection would not be just disconnecting from everything, but also literally never being around anything, living in that cabin in the middle of the woods, relying on your own skills such as hunting fishing gardening stuff like that to be able to supply sustenance for yourself and even then you can't escape from it when you factor in all of the uh drones and satellites that rotate around the earth constantly scanning Mm. everything how the heck do you think we have google maps i mean google has a ton of satellites the government has a ton of satellites spacex just launched a bunch of satellites up there your internet companies have a ton of satellites because they also use that to collect all the data from everything because I, and all I see the way that it works everyone thinks that it's just a hard line that they literally follow back to one location everywhere it's not the case those all of those lines are connected to access points in different regions and it's those regional access points that the satellites are pulling from their wireless signal to collect all of that data and send it yeah. back to its storage point to be dispersed yeah. out to everywhere 
I say that's part of what makes like internet travel over continents and such so, so much more difficult and time consuming because we don't have a cable that just runs across the bottom of the ocean to travel everything. It has to go over air essentially. Mm -hmm. Whereas like, for example, across the U.S., there is a spider web of network cables over the entirety of the U.S. If you want to send something, for example, from the southeast of the U.S. to the northwest of the U.S., it can ping across a core across the whole thing. It never has to leave the ground. But if we want to send something out to like over to Australia, Australia is an island. We don't have a cable that just runs under the water over to Australia. So it has mm. to go up somewhere to kind of go over. Yes and no. I mean, there is underwater cabling systems well, yeah. to get out there. But I get the point that you're making as well. It's just one of yeah. those OCD moments. <laughs> yeah. We, we don't just have cables covering the ocean floor reaching anywhere and everywhere. Like, I'm sure there's places that it crosses most continents, if anything. Mm -hmm. I doubt, except anything, some smaller islands are completely disconnected. But otherwise, we don't just have all of our traffic bundled into one cable that crosses over to, the, to Europe or whatever. Right. I say, yeah, we've kind of hit that point as a society and not just in our country alone but the whole world where it really is in a lot of ways impossible to 100 percent disconnect from everything you can become very isolated to the point that it can have the feeling of being disconnected from everything but unfortunately you're, you're always being watched and it's not just uncle sam that's doing it it's all these companies all that you know collect all this information for their marketing for all of their products let's make this better so that people are more likely to buy it stuff like it's just it's a non-stop process unfortunately none of that data is probably ever really used for good purposes it's mostly used for private and personal reasons yeah i say unfortunately there's a very rare case in which all of that data being collected is actually used for anything other than making money or getting what they want an example of like a good use for it is like a our mother was watching a show i think that was called drain the oceans or something where it was taking the satellite images of deep ocean of our deep oceans and stuff and they had finally built like an algorithm and such so they could essentially like create a digital world underneath that shows like the ocean floor and everything and drain away the water essentially to show what it would look like and such underneath and they've been able to use this just using different sensors and such to be able to gain like access to like these a lot of these shipwrecks that we can't reach because of their location or because they're too dangerous to travel or they're too deep or anything and so they can get a lot of insight on a lot of that but a lot of that uses all that big data that's just kind of floating around that's collected from these satellites and such to create those images so i'd say that's like that, that's a good use of it but unfortunately there are very few things like that that actually i think make good use of that yeah no i would definitely agree with that well, do either one of you have uh, some other thoughts that you'd like to share about artificial intelligence? I mean, I know Ryan uh, could give a lecture on it. Um, I'd say, unless you want me to spend a, a, like 15 minutes going over machine learning. I mean, which, not really. <laughs> uh, I, I give the basic idea of what machine learning is, though. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, let's see, machine learning. Machine learning is kind of like a subset of AI. It's what a machine uses to learn. Because, like, essentially, if you take the time to look at it everything in the world can be put into a pattern everything follows some sort of pattern and so all machine learning is essentially really advanced pattern recognition to allow the ai to make connections to the thing and teach itself stuff the basic cycle of it is that it has a question i need to know this information it tries to collect data on it it runs it through its algorithm seeing what results it gets and 
it takes feedback from that from a user going, hey, this was right, this was wrong. It puts that feedback back into the algorithm to readjust it, and it runs it all again. So it follows this, this basic circle of constantly gathering information, recognizing these patterns, seeing if it's right, and then continuing the build. <clears throat> Excuse me, continuing to build on it. Um, the basic idea of how this works is that there's just thousands upon thousands upon thousands of bits of data that constantly run through these algorithms to train them to be as advanced as they are. Um, there's a couple of like, little different styles of machine learning where either, like, like I described, somebody tells the computer, like, yep, what you guessed was right, or no, what you guessed is wrong. Um, there's a type of like unsupervised where all it does is it groups together what it's finding. Uh, for example, we give it pictures of apples, bananas, and oranges, and it goes, we don't tell it, hey, you're looking for apples here, you're looking for bananas here, you're looking for oranges here. We just go, here's all this patterns, figure out what to make of it. So the computer can separate those patterns and go, hey, this group of apples looks like this, but it doesn't know it's apples, they just know that those things look the same. It knows that the bananas look the same, and it knows that the oranges look the same, so they can kind of separate those out, but they don't actually know what they are. It's just taking those patterns and separating them and such. Whereas if we wanted to more like, we want to train in an algorithm to look specifically for apples. We're going to feed it a bunch of pictures of apples and go, this is what an apple looks like. I want you to find this out of this mess of stuff I'm giving you. And then it's going to grab out of that pile and go, is this an apple? And we're going to tell it yes or no. And so that's kind of supervised and unsupervised learning. And so this kind of just keeps going and going with just thousands upon thousands of bits of data to create these uh, objects of machine learning that teach these algorithms to run and a lot of these can actually be done with different already trained machines so if i train a machine to know what an apple is i can use that machine to train another machine the same algorithm and advance it faster because then that next machine is going to check it back with that previous machine and go is this an apple and that one can go yep it is keep going and you can kind of stack these and get these huge neural networks that create these supercomputers that was generates these massive machine learning algorithms, which, which is, is what we teach. Of, like, is that kind of where like your node systems come in when you do programming? Because with your nodes, can't you define like different information like that already? Like, it's one node can already recognize this, and then the another node can send it back. I've never really used nodes in programming at all. I don't really. I've never really done anything with any sort of automated algorithms or anything with programming. I've more like I want it to do a specific task and I make it do it. Okay, that's fair. Um, I, I I don't have a ton of experience with nodes either. I'm just starting to learn them with doing the game design projects um, because yeah. a lot of your game elements are programmed using nodes because it's with it, it it creates a loop in allowing you to be constantly checking for that information. It needs nonstop but at a faster pace rather than having to retell it what to look for over and over again yeah like um a good example for like how these machine learning stuff is if you look at the google search engine if you look up a picture of an apple google its server is automatically going to dive into its massive database of images it's going to pull up every image of an apple it can but then you occasionally have that picture and there's some dude with a red face paint <laughs> It's yeah. like, you know somebody didn't look at that and go, yes, that's an apple. So you know it, that another machine had to have taught that algorithm to it and just gave it an incorrect guess because it itself wasn't trained well enough to realize that that was wrong. So that's why sometimes you get these wrong bits of information in there. That, that is or someone also... took advantage of the metadata and they were like, hey, this is an apple. 
that's another thing is that all these images have because the computer doesn't see an image it sees a pattern of ones and zeros and it looks a lot of times when it searches for that image first before it actually goes for pattern recognition in the image it looks through all of its tags essentially every image has some sort of label or tag that tells you what's inside it so that the computer knows what it's looking for because it doesn't have eyes like we do and so if somebody accidentally mislabels it or intentionally mislabels it sometimes it can come up with the wrong thing and obviously when it's unsupervised you can get so much more out of it because you don't have to constantly be attending to it but at the same time you get a lot of little mistakes like that as well and google's algorithm is ridiculously well trained just from how much time they've put into training their algorithm to become the master algorithm we have search engines nowadays. Oh yeah, it's crazy to think about how like, you know, nowadays everyone sees Google and they think of everything that Google does. You, know, you got Gmail, Google Images, Google Drive. You got so many mm -hmm. different Google products. But then you think about when they started, they were literally just a little tiny search engine that a couple of guys started making. And Promising that they would never do ads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, and I, I get why they did that. So that's like yeah. another whole nother topic too. We could discuss like <laughs> advertising and everything, but I'll, I'll let Ryan continue. <laughs> that's pretty much what I had for that. Okay. But... Yeah. No, it, it's definitely way. interesting how machines work with the programming and how really it is a form of intelligence in how it comprehends everything. Let's say, uh, saying all, all the stuff for like robots and artificial intelligence and stuff have been around for a long time like the the first time the word robot i think was coined from what i could find was 1921 in a it was a, a play that was called rossum's universal robots where it gave kind of the first idea of a mechanoid creature right and what year did you say uh 1921 so. Back in his day. <laughs> Back in my day. Yeah. No, I said we've definitely taken what was once very simple and made it very complicated, but yet in a productive way for the most part. Yeah, there's so much more production we can get out of artificial intelligence than what we could do if we manually process a lot of this data. We just, of course, have to be aware of different risks and mistakes that can be made with it that can cause problems as well. Yep. Yeah, and that, and you have to be willing to take the time to invest in teaching the computer everything, because I mean that's yeah. why you are always constantly seeing. That's why we're always constantly seeing advances in technology is because people are taking the time to invest in improving it. Yeah, it's always constantly changing. It'll never just stay the same. It's always going to be constantly upgrading. Not unless it comes like... to an end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But like the reason your your software that was working just fine is always updating is because people like me where we like this works pretty well, but I could do this, and then we like oh we have to throw this update and then that breaks everything because we want to see if we can actually do this. Welcome Microsoft. <laughs> yeah, but they've gotten so bad about it. They have. They they've gotten terrible about it. You know, and I, everyone just wants to naturally blame Bill Gates for it, but the truth is like. Yeah, Bill Gates is still the owner of Microsoft, but he has absolutely nothing to do with the programming uh, aspect of, or anything. Didn't Bill Gates, like, turn his right... Uh, freaking... What am I trying to say? Didn't he, like... Is he, is he not, like, part of that anymore? I thought he quit. Well, he's still... Like, retired. He still owns, like, 
the majority of Microsoft as far as, like, the ownership stocks of everything. He just doesn't have anything to do with, like, the actual management of it or anything. He's not connected to it directly anymore. But he's still, like, he still is making money off of it. And he still owns it, he just doesn't run it anymore. Which inevitably happens with most companies at some point. If they grow big enough. That and when you've been doing it your whole life, they probably want to retire at some point. So, yeah, I just can't see myself ever retiring. <laughs> you would retire from your business if you started up a second one because you wanted to do something different. That, or if you look at how I already have it planned, it's I'm not going to retire because while my business will focus on one thing initially, it will expand out much like companies like Google and Amazon mm -hmm. have. Because remember, Amazon when it started, it was just a little online bookstore. Yep. And now, now it's one of the it's the biggest online marketplace there is. Yep. You know, and Google was just that little search engine and now like literally Google uh, you you visit any website out there and Google is almost always involved in it in some way. Mm-hmm. In a lot of ways Google owns the surface web. It does. Cool. Well I think it's been a pretty good discussion on AI. Yeah. I'd say I think it was good. Say we've looked at the fantasy of it, we've looked at the reality of it, we've looked at the ups, we've looked at the downs. And overall, I mean we we all we all use it, you know. We're probably not gonna yeah. stop using it anytime soon unless the technology world comes to an end. And thankfully uh, I guess I can only speak for myself, I know I have the skills to survive without technology. Uh see I think even if the world started coming to an end, we would see the loss of recreational technology. But I think more technologies designed for more productive and efficient uses and war uses would spring up. Possibly to some extent, but I think it would be very different from what we see now. Oh yeah, I think technology overall would have a massive overall over over overwork to be something very different than what we have today. I say it'd kind of be like the industrial revolution all over again. Yeah. Cool. Well I'm glad you guys could join us. Yep. Or join me, I guess. I'm I'm an I. I'm not a more than one. So, <laughs> so you're just you're just including the audience with you. Yeah, there we go. That's true. <laughs> you because like I, I... if we didn't have an audience, we probably wouldn't be doing this, you know. Or we would be. We'd just be crazy for talking to ourselves. I mean, I already talk to myself, so I do as well. Because you know, sometimes I need a professional opinion. <laughs> All right. Well. <laughs> well. Now it's definitely just time to be done. <laughs> uh, well, thanks for joining us, guys. Uh, yeah, it was a really good conversation. We have lots of topics actually already chosen for the next couple months, so we're going to definitely keep you guys, uh, I was going to say informed, but I mean, I guess we're not really going out of our way to inform as much as discuss and like view different He's perspectives. Yes, that's true. We also do stupid <laughs> things. So, All right, well, we will see you guys next time.